0: You are listening to a Bible based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plain, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now, here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyan. I was doing a series about the fourfold gospel of Christ as Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. Christ being our healer, something that we need, something that we will need sometime in the future, or somebody we know will need healing and help in their time of need. There's a time when we will need Jesus to heal us. And when Adam and Eve sinned, obviously, that opened the door to sickness and death and all the difficulties that we go through. Most of us get sick sometimes. So some of you are like really strong and hardly ever get sick, but eventually you're probably going to get sick and need the Lord. Or you're going to be thinking about, what if I did get sick? So when you guys sent me on that missions trip to Chile, I talked to my doctor. I said, I'm going really far away to the other end of the earth. Is there a chance you could give me like a thing of antibiotics just in case I needed it? So just to pre-plan, he said, that's a great idea. Sure, I'll do that. So I went, I had that. Didn't need it, so that was really awesome. But just that concern, am I gonna be healthy? Am I gonna be able to do this thing? And what if I'm not? What if I get sick? What if I injure myself? What if I get hurt? Sometimes our sickness is caused by ourselves. we injure ourselves, we hurt ourselves, we don't take care of ourselves, and other times it's hereditary, Uh, other times it's someone else's poor choice or whatever, maybe the restaurant left the food out too long and then you got sick because of it. So we cry out to God in our time of need when we need to be healed, and we pray for others to be healed, and I think that is a huge part of the Christian life. So in the few moments that we have, I just wanted to talk a bit about that. I don't feel adequate to cover every aspect of healing and what the Bible says, but I did want to cover some things. And then uh, next week, I wanted to cover when you don't feel right, when you're sad, when life didn't work out the way you planned, when you wonder if there's a reason to go on, and that leads to a deeper topic of depression, which I wanted to talk about week after that. So it's actually like three weeks about healing in those different areas, but areas that I think everybody struggles with. Hopefully, I can encourage you. I feel like a hypocrite sometimes because there's been times where I haven't been healthy, and then I was told how to get healthy, then I got really healthy, and then I kind of fell back and didn't listen and did my own thing. And uh, so I'm somewhere in between there. I figured I wasn't going to be able to lose 15 pounds this week before the sermon and become a... Yeah, so, and truthfully, uh, do, I do things that are stupid and self-inflicted, so I was at the local fitness center, and I figured that I'm a preacher, and there's a preacher bench for curls, so I should master that thing and be better than anybody else. So I was working my way up to a really heavy weight on that preacher curl bench, and then I hurt my arm, and it's still messed up. I have no idea why, I just thought that was a good idea. I'm like, preacher, preacher curl, I must master this, and... Um, Tell you, bigger biceps do nothing to bring people into a right relationship with the Lord. But it was fun. So, anyway, um, to comfort myself, I've resorted to overeating. True confession. So, I'm a hypocrite. Let's talk about healing. When you are sick, you need to cry out to God. When you have a need, you should ask God first. You should ask God from the very beginning that you don't feel right, that something is wrong... That should be when your prayer starts. You shouldn't go to a doctor and try to get fixed up and do the course of antibiotics and do everything and come to the end of yourself and go, oh no, Lord, what should I do? Because doctors practice medicine and our Lord traded us. And in Psalm 139, uh, verses one through six, it says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And then in verse 13 it says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So, prayer is talking to God. And the first question you should ask when you don't feel right or when somebody's sick is, what is wrong? What's causing this? What, what, what are these symptoms? What are they from? How can I fix this? What should I do? Should I go to the doctor? Should I not go to the doctor? Should I eat more? Should I eat less? Should I drink more water? Should I stop drinking coffee? What should I do? And pray about all those things and ask God to help you figure it out. I do that a lot. And just recently, an example of this, I get silent migraines. But anyway, my neck was just killing me and I couldn't figure out why it hurt so much and what was causing it and everything. So I was praying about it, and I started to think about what I had, what was I doing differently that I wasn't doing last week? What, what could it be that could be causing this? And then I thought about it. My wife went to the local big box warehouse store, bought a huge thing of strawberries. I've been eating a ton of strawberries. Turns out that if you have a problem with migraines, that eating a lot of strawberries can be a trigger and cause you lots of trouble. So I quit the strawberries, and I started to feel a lot better. So I prayed. And then thought and I feel like I had some prompting, some insight to get an idea of what I needed to do to change. And as I've had different struggles and medical problems or whatever, you know, I try to figure out, you know, what is it that sets it off? What is it that I need to stay away from? What is it that I need to do more? So I found out in the last couple of years that I can no longer get by with very little sleep. I need to drink a ton of water and I need to exercise a lot hold it all together because I've learned that when a bunch of bad things start stacking up in my life like lack of sleep eating the wrong stuff a lot of stress all that it's like a topple game and if you put too many of those on top then all of a sudden I start to fall apart and get sick and you need to ask God what it is that makes you feel that way what it is that can be changed what it is that you can do who you can see as a doctor or specialist and wisdom for that so pray for your doctors uh, one thing I wish is that there was like a supreme doctor commander that was all knowing and perfect that oversaw what specialists were prescribing because I had an experience where one specialist said you should do this and you should take that and another one said and you should take this and you should do that and I looked it up online at one of those drugs.com thing and my wife who actually works at the pharmacy has input too sometimes But I looked at those two and I'm like, wait, I don't really think you should take this and take that together. That doesn't seem like a good idea. And then I asked a third doctor, what should I do here? So you have to pray for wisdom. You have to pray through your health. And you have to ask God, what is it that you need to do? We all get sick. Uh, There's times in our life where sickness can actually be good. Sickness can bring us to a point where we stop being so busy, and we start to focus on our time with God. A time to be still and know God is God. A time when our kids are sick that drives us to our knees to pray. It can change the course of our life. A sickness or sickness of a child uh, to make us closer to God, to help us to be more compassionate when other people are going through stuff. So the first question I think that you need to ask is pray, what's wrong with me? And ask the Lord to show you so that you can start to get some help. Because He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows the days of your life. He knows what you've been doing, what you've been eating, what you haven't been eating, and how much you've been eating. And uh, isn't it amazing that if you eat too much or you eat too little or exercise too much or exercise too little, it's like it all leads to problems. So ask God for help. Ask God what's wrong with you. Number two, what did I do to deserve this, the sickness, the thing that you're going through, and how can this glorify the Lord? So, the thing that you're going through, in John 9, uh, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then if you read the rest of John 9, you see how Jesus healed him and how he testified to that, and how it brought the Lord glory. So, it's possible the difficulty that you're going through, the sickness that you're going through, the the handicap or or whatever it is can somehow bring glory to God and you should trust that there's people running around that say if you have enough faith if you're a godly Christian you'll never be sick but that can't be because Paul he had a thorn in the flesh and he prayed for it to be healed and it wasn't three times he prayed and he was told uh, by the Lord my grace is sufficient for you so Timothy had a stomach problem Paul told him to drink a little wine to treat that in 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul says, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. So, there's sickness going on. There's people who get sick. People get sick for a little while. People get sick for a long time. I know many godly people that are sick. I was looking at the great men of God, the men of old, and all the different ways that they died. And they all died of sickness. I mean, D.L. Moody was a great man of, God, man of God who died of heart congestion. And... Um, I was just looking at the whole list and so actually it was interesting to me that Billy Graham, they didn't even have a diagnosis, it just said he died of old age. He was like, what was he, 99 or something like that? How did he die? Old age. I'm guessing he was praying and praying, Lord, let me be done. Lord, let me come and see you. Lord, get me out of here and let me come into your presence. So I think I mentioned to you before that I had told the, a doctor that I had that it was hard to preach about heaven and not be excited about going there, in which he said, Are you suicidal? I'm like, no, not at all, but I just want to make sure that my mind and my body last just long enough so that they're all together, so then I can go be with the Lord in heaven. He's like, I I, I said, I'd hate to have my body outlast my mind, and he laughed at me, and he said, that's probably not going to happen. So he's no longer my doctor. So actually, he was a great doctor, but he decided that he just wanted to work in the hospital. So he's like, if you want to see me, you got to come to the hospital. I said, I don't want to see you. So, anyway, how can this glorify God? What good can come of this? Can God heal me? When you see somebody that's sick and don't, I mean, God does sometimes allow sickness in our life as, as a form of discipline. Sometimes our sickness is a result of something bad that somebody did. Uh, for instance, um, kids whose mother's were, mother was using drugs uh, and the result in their life of the difficulty and the behavior problems and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so somebody did something that caused this. But there's a lot of times where you don't know the cause, so don't assume that if somebody is sick that they're not living right with the Lord. Don't assume if somebody has an unhealed illness that God has turned their faiths against them because that's not true. All right, number three. This is for like the serious illnesses. Number three, what would I do differently if God healed me? Tell the Lord. If God healed you of whatever it is you have. Especially when you get a terminal diagnosis, when they say, you're only going to live a year. You're only going to live six months. You're not going to live very long at all. And so you get that, and you're praying that God would heal you. Ask yourself, what would you do differently with your life if God gave you the extended play mode? What would you do with your days to glorify God if he healed you, if he helped you, if he gave you more days? So the Bible tells about Hezekiah in Isaiah 38. It says about that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says, set your affairs in order. You are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. I've heard from some old saints that have died that they felt God was telling them that their time was near and it was time to get their affairs in order, which is a great thing for the Lord to do. I think it's a, sometimes you suffer a bit while you're waiting to die. But when you know you're going to die, you have a chance to make peace with all those people in your life. You have a chance to set your uh, life in order. You have a chance to share all the secret passwords with the people that are going to be picking up the pieces afterwards. Uh, List what your wishes are after you die. All those things. It is such a great thing for the people that are going to pick up the pieces after you go to be able to have that time with you. However, from a selfish standpoint, it is so much better to be driving your car and all of a sudden you're dead. Or cooking yourself dinner and all of a sudden you're gone. One minute you're there, one minute you're not. Painless, quick, in, out, great for you, tough for the people who are left behind. My grandpa and my father-in-law both died just immediately, suddenly like that, and it was tough to pick up the pieces. So uh, people die in different ways, but here Hezekiah is told by the prophet Isaiah, your time is up. God says, get your house in order, set your affairs in order, you're not going to recover. So Hezekiah was godly, overall but if you read about him he's really selfish but when hezekiah heard this he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the lord he says remember O lord how i have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly always doing what pleases you and he broke down and wept bitterly so he heard the diagnosis and he didn't just give up he just didn't give in he just said well i guess that's that instead he's like wait i'm not ready to go so he prayed god please wait ah uh, heal me help me so god heard and this, mess, then, this verse four, then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. And this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as he promised. I will cause the sun shadow to move 10 steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. So the shadow on the sundial moved backward 10 steps. So not only did he give him a promise, but he gave him a sign. And then um, verse 21 was a prescription that Hezekiah was supposed to follow. Isaiah said to Hezekiah's servants, Make an ointment from figs and spread it over the boil, and Hezekiah will recover. And then as you continue to read, uh, I think it's uh, the next chapter, you hear that Hezekiah uh, invited his friends over from Babylon and showed them all of his stuff, everything they had. And then his friends said, Hey, that's some pretty awesome stuff. I think we'll come back and get it in the future. The thing that I think is so selfish about Hezekiah is that he hears this message that um, his enemies are going to come take the stuff. Then he's like, oh, well, wait, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. So that's good, right? So it's like, what about the people? It's crazy. That's in Isaiah 39. All right, so to glorify God is the number one thing that we want to do in our lives. So what would we do differently? How would we serve the Lord differently? I was at another church where we had a prayer meeting like we have on Saturday, and so it was a much bigger church, but still not a whole lot of people showed up at the prayer meeting. But there were two older guys always came to the prayer meeting, and the two older guys were both told sometime in their life that their days were numbered and they were going to die. So one had stomach cancer and one had something else and told that uh, they were going to die and we got one guy's like that was 15 years ago i'm still here i take prayer seriously i want to honor god with the days that i have for my life all right number four ask yourself what do i believe about jesus in healing search the word when you apply god's word to your life and you ask god to heal you in prayer what are you standing on so Um, I had to be licensed first by the Christian Missionary Alliance, then I had to write all these ordination papers, and one of them was on what I believe about healing, and on these verses. So these are some verses, two verses, that some people promise you will be healed. They say, because, okay, Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed uh, repeated again in First Peter two twenty four, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. So in context, this is talking about spiritually healed. So yes, we will be healed eventually with our glorified bodies for eternity. Some say. These verses are what you claim because God has given you your healing today. So you just need to, by faith, grab that. And if you have enough faith, God is going to heal you. They don't leave any room for the sovereignty of God in that. They say, you will be healed. These verses say, you will be healed. I personally believe that we'll get our glorified body in heaven. Uh, Revelation 21.4, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And I believe that God still performs miracles and heals people and takes care of sickness and disease and pain and death, that God is still active in those. And the founder of the A.B. Simpson was sick unto death, and he prayed that God would sustain him, and God gave him strength day after day to serve. Uh, He wrote a poem about it uh, himself. It's real popular. And then the current president of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, uh, John Stumbo, was sick unto death, and God healed him. And he is serving now as in the role of the president of the CMA. There was a time when I was really sick and I didn't think I would be able to go on and I was praying that God would heal me and help me and eventually he did. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes God heals people right away. But there's this book that's really helpful by David J. Smith called How Can I Ask God for Physical Healing? A Biblical Guide. And I think it's a great book. If you want to pray for people to be healed or if you're struggling with an illness, you should buy this book. You can get it on Google play, or you can get it on Amazon, or you can buy it in print, but he talks about these verses. He writes, so while your personal needs and wants provide the soil of faith, the scriptures provide the seeds of faith. You cultivate faith through what you need and want, but true faith begins to rest on something outside yourself. The assurance of healing is found in the stories and passages, the principles and promises of God's word. Your rational mind searches for a foundation upon which to build a sincere faith. You nurture faith through a thorough and honest study of the Scriptures. As you take time to read, meditate on, and pray over these Scriptures, the seeds of your faith will germinate. You may, for example, examine Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 and conclude that Jesus Christ, our great Savior, is also our great physician. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds you are healed." According to Isaiah, not only was Jesus crushed for our iniquities on the cross, but he also took up our infirmities. The word for infirmities is translated as infirmities or sickness and sometimes griefs, but never translated sin or sins. In other words, Christ accomplished both goals on the cross. He died for our sins and he bore our physical ailments. You may also note the statement, he carried our sorrows. In the original Hebrew, the word sorrows literally means mental anguish. In fact, Matthew's interpretation of these verses emphasized healing in Matthew 8, 16-17. Thus, when Jesus died on the cross, he provided for our whole being spiritually, physically, and psychologically. So, I believe that when Jesus died upon the cross, that he opened the door for us to be healed for eternity, but also to be healed today. So, it's not a guarantee, but the possibility is there. And so many other verses where Jesus heals, where God heals, where God is at work in people's lives to heal. So there's no reason why we shouldn't ask the Lord to heal us. There's no reason why we shouldn't pray and ask God to heal others. Romans 8.11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. So He's going to give us eternal life. He also can give us the quality of life from day to day. And He knows our every need, so we should pray In the time of our sickness, the time when we're not feeling right, the time when we struggle with sadness, with depression, uh, with all these different things, we should pray. We should search the Word and have verses to stand upon. So 1 John 5.14, we should pray. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our request, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. Do you believe that Jesus can heal? Do you believe that Jesus wants you healed? Can you think of all the reasons, the good reasons that your life would be better if you were healed and helped in those times? Luke 18.35 As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. He replied, and Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people sought, they also praised God. So what do you need Jesus to do for you? You need to pray specifically. What you need healed, what you want done. Bring him your request through prayer. A side note to this uh, real quick. Um, Mark 10, verses 46 to 52, focuses on one blind man named Bartimaeus. Matthew 20, 29 to 34 says, it happened as Jesus left Jericho and there were two blind men. Same story here. Luke 18, 35 to 43 says, it happened as Jesus was entering Jericho and focuses on the persistence of one blind man. Bible scholars point out that there was an old Jericho and a new Jericho, and the Mark and Luke accounts didn't say there was only one. They just focused on one character in the story. So, somebody might come along and say, well, you can't trust the Bible because there's errors, and they might point out this one. But there is an explanation, and the Gospels were written for different target markets, for different groups of people. So, when you look into this, uh, it is the same account. It's just they chose to focus on different parts of the story. Supposedly, it was like you were in old Jericho, and then they were improving things, and then you walked into new Jericho. So, one might say, you know, in Jericho... And other people are like, oh, they're renewing Jericho. Anyway, that's their explanation. Sounds good to me. I believe the Bible, and I have no problem with the fact that there's three accounts of this, and they're slightly different. All right, follow the Bible's prescription for healing prayer. Let others pray for you. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. I have oil. I've used the oil to pray for people. I think that the symbolic part of the oil, and also the symbolic part of getting a medical diagnosis, is that you have a problem, you get a medical diagnosis, and they like, you have a problem, and then you ask the people in the church to pray for you, and your problem, they remember when you had a problem, and they prayed for you to be healed of that problem, you come to the other side of it, and you get healed, and you remember that, hey, the doctor said I had a problem, the church people were praying for the problem, I was anointed with oil, like the Bible says, to be obedient. I'm not going to forget that. It's kind of weird. We just put like a speck on your forehead. It's not like we pour it over your head or anything like that. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's something the Bible says we're supposed to do. So if you want to be obedient, you should do it. But it's like baptism. Believer's baptism, it's a landmark in your Christian life that glorifies God. You look back and see how bad it was and how God healed you. You look back and remember that time when you had people praying for you, that you would be healed so that you could continue on, so that you could serve the Lord If you had sin in your life, you confessed that and got right with God. Maybe you got saved at that time, and you followed the prescription. Maybe as time went on, God taught you how to deal with your infirmity, with your difficulty. He hasn't totally healed you, but he's helping you from day to day. Um, Like Paul, maybe there's a reason for the thorn in the flesh uh, to keep you humble, or who knows. But you gain, and you grow, and then you have a testimony to share that glorifies God. So quickly, the responsibility of the individual in Divine healing, number one, they approached Jesus. They came to Him. So we need to come to the Lord. Ask Him what's going on. Ask Him how, to, how we can be helped. They asked for help, some in very specific terms. This hurts, that hurts, this doesn't work. This is, something's wrong, please help me. This is what I need you to do to fix me. Show me what it is if that's not it. They demonstrated humility and admitted unworthiness. So they came to the Lord and uh, just totally trusted in Him. They expressed faith in Jesus' ability or willingness to heal and they respectfully obeyed Jesus' instructions. God does often use doctors. Uh, Sometimes you need to follow those doctor's instructions, so it's foolish for you to get a doctor uh, to prescribe something and start off on those instructions and then quit taking it in the middle. And when you're trusting God for faith and healing, when you're trusting God, you should no way throw out your medication that you're on without asking a doctor first because some of those medications, if you stop taking them, will make things even worse. So you want to make sure that you don't do anything crazy like that. Uh, Don't one day wake up and say, I'm just going to trust God, throw all your meds in the garbage, and then think it's going to be okay because you might have just made everything worse. But you can pray that God will help you to get off of them. No one wants to spend a lifetime on medication. So what a great thing to pray that the Lord will help you get off of them or find some kind of substitute or whatever. But uh, I was noticing that Chuck Swindoll is 84 years old and he's still faithfully serving the Lord. He just came out with a new book. Uh, about healing. He says, Your adversary would love for you to assume the worst about your situation. He would enjoy seeing you heave a sigh and resign yourself to feelings of depression. However, it's been my experience that when God is involved, anything can happen. The one who directed the stone in between Goliath's eyes and split the Red Sea down the middle and leveled the walls around Jericho and brought his his son back from beyond takes delight in mixing up the odds as he alters the inevitable and bypasses the impossible so God can heal you. So, so be faithful and wait on the Lord and have others pray for you. Seek good self-help medical and nutrition advice. Figure out what causes things and then make life changes. Do all that you can to honor and glorify God. Uh, Lee Strobel came out with a new book called The Case for Miracles as he investigates evidence for the supernatural and he agrees that God doesn't choose to heal everybody, does he, but he does heal people and that would be a good read for you. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, I just thank you so much that it is possible that you could heal us. I thank you so much that, Jesus, your word is full of people being healed, of uh, people being healed that glorified you, the apostles healed. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to have a mindset around here that you, Jesus can heal, and we should pray for that person to be healed. And When we see sick people, we should pray for them. And Lord, we pray that you would do miraculous stuff, that it would glorify you. Lord, if anybody here needs to be prayed for by the elders, that they would come forward right after the the music is done and we could pray for them. But Lord, I just pray that you would fill our church family, that you would fill this place with testimonies to your faithfulness of healing and help and provision of needs and the miraculous stuff. Lord, we don't seek the miraculous to prove you exist. Lord, we love you, we know you exist, and we know that you can do miraculous things if we ask. And we trust you to do it, and we trust you even if you don't, because you are sovereign. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.